Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Thank God. Wonderful, wonderful grace of God here tonight. I want to add my welcome to uh, Pastor Greg's for all of those that have come, many from afar. We're believing God to powerfully move this week. In the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, if you'll turn there in your Bibles. I was uh, scanning through the newspaper recently, and uh, there was an advertisement that caught my eye that had a familiar ring to it and it was advertising apparently a new film that's been made recently Here Be Dragons and so that kind of rang something in my head I think there's something uh, maybe Greg preached or somebody preached on that and so I asked where did that saying come from? what is that? and uh, apparently when men were making maps to map out the uh, world in which we live and regions that had not been uh, explored or they did not know what was there when they made these maps if it was a place they knew nothing about no one had been there they would write on the map here be dragons well I was quite interested in that and I want to minister about that tonight. 2 Corinthians 10. Paul is challenging the Corinthian church. They'd been wonderfully saved. Uh, He names a long list of of, uh, people that had been saved out of all kinds of uh, depravity. Now they're serving God. Now they are uh, uh, in the congregation. And they're experiencing the wonderful salvation of God. And he is writing to them, trying to get them to get a vision for what yet could be done. And urging them not to lose the thing that God had given to them. And they apparently were in danger of exactly that. He wanted them to triumph over the unknown. This is what there be dragons, here be dragons are all about. And I want to read this to you. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. On our part we shall not boast extravagantly but rather stay within the limit of the sphere which God has allotted to us. The boundary of which stretches far enough to include you. We're not stretching so as to strain ourselves when we reach out to you for we were the first to reach you with the gospel of Christ neither are we unduly boasting about fields in which others are serving but we entertain the hope 
that your growing faith shall enlarge our sphere of influence so greatly with your help that we may evangelize those beyond you rather than brag over labor that has been accomplished in another's field. I want to preach to you about here be dragons. There is this evening the tyranny of the unknown. I'm quite interested in bumper stickers. I, when I'm on the road, I read uh, bumper stickers. I see uh, T-shirts, and so quite frequently you'll see a T-shirt, No Fear. <laughs> of course, you hillbillies that are back from uh, Illinois, it's uh, Ain't Scared. Good cliche, but that's whistling in the dark. You know what whistling in the dark is? Whistling in the dark is when you're scared out of your wits and you're whistling, trying to keep fear from coming upon you. Can you say amen? The real fact is that in much of the circumstance of life, we are terrified. Everything from marriage to career choice, or you could go on and on, much of life is the tyranny of the unknown because we do not know what is going to come to pass. We don't know the factors it's going to be there. And this hinders kingdom enterprise. Paul reaches into this congregation with this letter and he's challenging their faith and he says, your growing faith shall enlarge our sphere of influence. Now think about this for a moment because the tyranny of the unknown lays hold of every one of us to some degree quite frequently and more often than we'd like for it to do because we do not know much of the factors of life as we live how they're going to come out. The preacher in Ecclesiastes said in verse 5 and 6 of chapter 11, as you do not know what is the way of the wind, or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child? So you do not know the works of God who makes everything. In the evening sow your seed, and in the evening do not withhold your hand. For you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike uh, will be good. Often when I'm, uh, when I'm preparing sermons, I say, I wonder if I've preached this before. Anybody ever feel like that? Mike White, my good friend in Tasmania, uh, ever so often he'll say to me, Pastor, you preached that sermon in 1989. <laughs> no, not that sermon. I just put that together this week. <laughs> but after preaching uh, conferences for 40 years and preaching in almost every conference we have, uh, maybe I have preached it before. Who knows? But this is a new sermon I put together for tonight. So here we have tonight a pioneer concept, and this is what I want to talk to you about. When we planted our first church in Wickenburg, Arizona, I had never heard of any church that had ever uh, planted another church. I never heard of that. Where I come from, headquarters did that. We didn't think about those things. We thought about uh, trying to pay the bills and try to stay saved. Uh, and never thought about those kinds of things. And so when we 
planted our first church in Wickenburg, Arizona with a rock, uh, uh, a rock uh, uh, musician uh, uh, hippie into a cowboy town. I was, uh, I mean, this is, this is cutting edge stuff, amen. I'd never heard of that before. And when in seven months that was self-supporting, I said, wow, that is neat. So let's sing for a moment because we're dealing with a pioneer concept uh, and the Bible says this is the foundations of the book that we've been reading from tonight. And in Joshua 13 verse 1, God said to Joshua, now Joshua was old, advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, you're old, advanced in years, and there remains very much land yet to be possessed. Now think about that. There's Joe Camel, you know. He's getting ready for the second decade into old age. And I dare you challenge the fire that's burning inside him. Can you say amen? God didn't say to Joshua, Joshua, you're getting, you're getting old now. You're too old now to really do anything. He's rebuking him and saying to him, you haven't completed what I called you to do. And he's giving him an admonition there that there's a lot of land still to be possessed that I told you to possess. So this is foundational. This pioneer concept, this uh, there, here be dragons uh, is something you need to look at very carefully and consider. First Samuel 14 verse 6, uh, Then Jonathan said to the man, young man who bore his armor, Come let us go over to the garrison, of the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Uh, for nothing restrains the Lord for sa from saving by many or by few. Thank God for that. Can you say amen? amen? Nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Can you think with me for a moment? Here's Prescott, Arizona. Low-wage capital of the world. Small town. No large industry very few jobs and from this place we began to plant international churches see many of you say oh yeah that's that's what no no you didn't hear what i said i'm talking about from this little redneck city god began to stir nogales sonora mines germany perth West Australia, Manila, the Philippine Islands. Say, oh yeah, we know about, oh yes, but this is back then. When this burning fire, this concept, uh, this tyranny of the unknown uh, was something that we lived with, uh, had to confront, uh, come to grips with, uh, and say, God, you can do this. This is the challenge that we have today. I was talking to somebody recently, there was a time when we could bring a couple in and say to them, uh, I want to talk to you about an opportunity for a church. They said, we'll take it. Don't know where it is. Don't know what it's all about. Didn't matter. They wanted an opportunity. And before you'd even get through talking, they'd say, we'll take it. Where, where is it, Lord, uh, uh, Pastor Mitchell? What is it? They didn't ask what kind of medical program they have. 
They didn't ask what kind of weather was there. They didn't ask what kind of uh, uh, employment was there. They just said, we'll take it uh, because there's something burning in their breast, uh, in their chest uh, that said, God, you can do anything. Uh, and when we think about the tyranny of the unknown, if you're not very careful as the years roll on, this begins to lay hold of you. Uh, and if we lose this dynamic, then we've lost something uh, that will loose the miracle hand of God that can do something that we cannot do ourselves. The tyranny of the unknown will lay hold of us and the fear of here be dragons will reign. I want to talk to you for a moment about the deadly dimension. There's a history lesson that we want to take a look at. I was reminded of this as I was preparing this. There's a coat of arms that is very interesting from Spain. This coat of arms uh, has uh, several items that are on it. It has two pillars uh, and those two pillars have banners draped around them and as they have them draped around them uh, on either side of the pillars uh, uh, that represent the pillars of Hercules. These were the mythological uh, name of the Straits of Gibraltar. As you go out of the Mediterranean into the Atlantic Ocean, this is what that represented. And those banners have on them plus ultra or more beyond. There was a time when the Spanish fleet sailed the world. They explored every single place that they could. And as they explored that, this was the coat of arms of Spain. At one time, there was a, a, a cliche which was ni plus ultra, which means nothing more beyond. But there were individuals that did not believe that. They had in them this pioneering spirit in the secular realm. Christopher Columbus, Magellan, wrote in their logs that they felt compelled of God. They felt energized by God, and they began to reach beyond and this was in a time when they believed that the earth was flat. Are you still with me? And if you sailed out of the known, you'd fall off into a chasm or whatever. And they put on their maps, the cartographers would put on the maps, uh, here be dragons. We don't know anything about this place here or that place there. Here be dragons. It's the tyranny of the unknown. And as we look at this for a moment, uh, we're looking at Paul. He's writing to the Corinthian church. Uh, and as he's writing to the Corinthian church, he underlines a principle that unused faith uh, atrophies. Unused faith, uh, something happens to it. Uh, it doesn't just remain static. It does not remain the same. And Paul's praying that this will not happen to the Corinthians. And he recognized the temptation. And he's praying that the laborers that he's put forth will accomplish what it intended to. And he's asking that they will believe God for another field. And he writes this very plainly. And there's a principle there. You're sitting here this evening you say, yeah, our fellowship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got uh, 1,744 churches. That's what we've got. 1,744 over 180. That's what we've got. What do you have? 
See, that's the issue. We're in this conference. Thank God we are unified together. Can you say amen? We have a unified world vision. But don't forget uh, that without individuals that have that vision, it soon atrophies uh, and will cease to be. Uh, and uh, this is what we're talking about tonight. Unused muscles. Atrophy. There's a political figure right now. Her name is Gabrielle Giffords. She was shot in Tucson the early part of this year. She is at the present time in recovery. They're forcing Ms. Giffords to use muscles that do not work anymore because unless they are able to force them and make these muscles do something that they are not presently wanting to do, she'll be paralyzed for life, uh, and she's in rehab center right now. They're moving her to do things uh, that she does not want to do. The muscles do not want to respond. See, this is what this conference is about tonight. It, this is a rehab center. We're not depending on our own genius, our own intellect, our own personality. We're depending on God, the Holy Spirit, which you've already felt at work in this place, uh, tugging our hearts. Uh, when we gave the offering, uh, you didn't have with you what you wanted to give uh, and what God was speaking to you. And he said to you, you're going to bring it in, though. I know that because he said that to me. This is a rehab center. So as we think about this for a moment, uh, there are tremendous principles that are here. And Paul is this uh, wonderful uh, administrator of the Holy Spirit uh, and lets us understand that we must not become satisfied. In the book of Philippians uh, chapter 3, verses 12 uh, through 14, not that I have already attained, or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, you say, I've heard that before. Well, you're hearing it again tonight. Yeah. Say, well, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I've got, I've got a pretty good little group of people. We're paying the bill. We've got a nice little stash in our church for emergency. Well, the emergency's here. There is a challenge. That challenge is that we do not become atrophied because more happens in the spiritual realm than is visible. Pastor Campbell put that before you tonight. He aptly displayed from the Word of God by the Holy Spirit that more happens than you can observe with your visible eye when you and I open our hearts and we begin to allow God to cause us to pour out then something begins to transpire that's beyond the visible. They tell me that a water well, many water wells come from the streams that are flowing underneath the surface. And if you do not draw water out of that well, many wells, if you do not use them uh, in a period of time, 
that well will die, it will have no longer have a flow, something will have happened to that stream that is invisible below the surface you cannot see, so it is in the spiritual realm. When you stop giving out of yourself, when you stop believing God, when you stop being challenged, then something happens because God wants to draw out of you something beyond your natural ability, something beyond your natural imagination, as, as, as Joe said tonight. Something happens uh, when he's able to draw that out of you and challenge you. It's beyond the visible that you see. So I'm talking tonight about you as an individual. When there's no challenge, when there's nothing that touches you, that pulls you beyond yourself, uh, that draws out that unused resource uh, and potential that is in you, your faith uh, atrophies. Listen to this tremendous saying. There comes a time when a man, to be a man, must move beyond safety, beyond the easy conformities, uh, beyond... Uh, uh, self-assurance uh, into the turmoil and the terror of life lived heroically. If a man wants eternal life, it is to be found only at a risk, only where one pushes out into the deep water. Insecurity is the name of the Christian's daring of his faith and ultimately of his peace with God. Think about that for a moment. What a tremendous concept that we have. God is about challenging us. Can you say amen? God is about, some of you came to this conference and said, I'm not going to respond. I know, I know what they're going to do. I know. They're going to make us feel guilty. That's what they're going to do. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, God's talking to you tonight. Something happens when God is able to reach in and challenge you and you begin to enter into a realm that you yourself do not feel you have the ability or you're not planning to do. Something happens of the resources of the supernatural power of God begins to move through you and life begins to flow. Hallelujah. Some of you look like you're ready to die today. What you need is to respond to a challenge that you do not feel you can respond to. In 2009, some of you know that I had to respond to an emergency in Australia. I met with the Board of Elders in Phoenix on the platform. I said to them, I'm not able to do this. I, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not able. I don't feel like I have that. But an emergency came. I had to respond. And I want to tell you, I've pastored for 50 years, and I want to tell you that something happened in that period of time. Those five and a half months that we spent in Perth, Australia, were one of the most enjoyable and glorious times of life. And I came back and folks said, man, you look younger than you did when you went. <laughs> Can you say amen? See, this, this is what God does. When he reaches in and taps your heart and says to you, you need to respond to miracle ground. You need to respond to something you don't know how to do. Because the deadly danger is that your faith will atrophy 
It will cease to function and unless it's moving into a spiritual realm of responding to challenge, it will die. That's what Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. They are comfortably saved. They're ser serving God. They've been delivered from sexual immorality, ungodliness, idolatry, and they're there. And he's saying to them, you're not finished yet. I want to talk to you for a moment about the call to venture. There's a sacred dimension that is here. One of the basic needs of human personality is that challenge to venture. Those who study uh, human personality say there's four basic needs we need to keep us from going off the rails. One of these is we need to love and we need to be loved. Secondly, we need to accomplish something in life. We need to actually be doing something worthwhile that we're accomplishing something. The third thing is we need recognition from others that we are accomplishing something or that we are worthwhile. But the third and the, uh, the fourth and the really important one is to enter into adventure. To venture in life. See, God put this in mankind. Can you say amen? God put that in there. Listen to me for a moment. Think about space travel. I mean, what a, what a fantastic. They just launched uh, this week the last uh, shot into space. But think about the, the, the moon shot, if you will. Here is Neil Armstrong, and he's in a little capsule, shot out into space. Uh, nobody's ever done this before. They think they know that this is going to work, but they don't know because here be dragons. Can you imagine the rest of Neil Armstrong and that cruise's life to be able to say, I shot from uh, planet Earth, landed on the moon, got out, walked around, came back the rest of his life. Are you still with me? Space travel was something that here be dragons. We all probably saw the, either the imagery or the footage of one of these capsules, a little O-ring leaked in it, a few leaked him, and while the world was watching, it disintegrated, burned to a crisp, and blew into pieces, and killed all aboard. Here be dragons. Most of us saw the footage or we saw the imagery or the pictures of the spaceship coming back from outer space. A couple of tiles came loose. It began to overheat and there before the eyes of the world disintegrated, burnt and killed all of them. But others followed after because this business of adventure is something that beats within the chest of every human being. And think of that. There comes a time when a man, and we could add to that his wife, to be a man must move beyond safety, beyond the easy conformities, beyond self-assurance into the turmoil and terror of life lived heroically. You see, there's a long line of examples of this. We've got uh, examples that we could give endlessly. But the challenge tonight uh, 
is basic to what we're involved in is the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen to these words uh, and let them burn in your heart. Now when it was day, Jesus departed and went into a deserted place and the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. See, the world tonight's waiting for you. Think about this for a moment. Here's God. Uh, we, have a, we have a disciple we're getting ready to launch into uh, Here Be Dragons. He's asked uh, probably three to four distinctive times, Pastor, why does God use men? That's a great question, isn't it? Here's Almighty God. Here's the omnipotent, omniscient God who has all power, and yet he chooses to reach down to human beings and use them for this wonderful work of world redemption. I was thrilled a couple of months ago when Navy SEALs went into... Amen. Yes. Went into Pakistan flew into hostile territory, didn't dare trust the Pakistani intelligence, entered a house where Osama bin Laden had been hiding for years and unceremoniously executed him. Still with me? Great day for America. Now think about this, if you would have been on that 32-man SEAL team. You're not going to get any publicity for it. You're not going to call your name. They're not ever going to let uh, uh, know who's who. But think of the rest of your life. The rest of your life. See, I was a part. Me and my buddies uh, did the deed. <laughs> Can you say amen? Well, tonight, here be dragons. They're all over the world. And one of the great statements that have seized my heart, I want to share just a few verses. I love the poetry of Rudyard uh, Kipling. It's called The Explorer. Listen as your heart opens. There's no sense in going further. It's the edge of cultivation. So they said, and I believed it. Broke my land and sowed my crop, built my barns and strung my fences in the little border station tucked away before the foothills uh, where the trails uh, ran out and stopped till a voice, bad as conscience, rang interminable changes in one everlasting whisper. Day and night repeated so. Something hidden, go and find it. Go and look behind the ranges. Something lost behind the ranges, lost and waiting for you. Go. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. 
Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks.